Hello, and welcome to another episode of Save Station Report. I'm your host, Dustin, and with me is Cotter. Hello there. So before we jump in, bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you're following the feed as these come out, you will know that we uh, we missed an episode. This is supposed to be the Evil Within 2 uh, release. We're not quite ready for that yet. We actually are recording that the next day after recording this podcast, so we're, we're a little behind. Apologies about that, but we wanted to make sure we got something out on the feed and not miss two weeks in a row. So you're getting this instead. Uh, and then the other thing is, because I can't win, uh, more microphone troubles. I got my better mic working this time around, but NVIDIA Broadcast has decided to give me a middle finger. <laughs> so you will hear the whirring of my computer in the background, as well as me like taking a sip from my tea or whatever. So apologies about that. Usually NVIDIA Broadcast does a good job of cutting most of that out. Um, I may try to fix it a bit in post. So I, you know, if I come across a bit tinny sounding, that's why. Um, but you, you might yeah. also pick up on a little bit of wind in the back of mine. That's because we have uh, 60 mile an hour wind gusts outside right now. Yeah, it's pretty uh, brutal. Uh, and I'm still getting over a cold. So we got all the... All the things happening. All the things. So tune in next week, Saturday, normal time. I think we should probably, most likely, have our Evil Within 2 review up by then. Uh, assuming things don't get in the way. Look, Connor got a new job. You know, we're 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 busy, all right? We're trying our best. Um, not that I don't think anybody listening to this podcast wouldn't understand. Well, let's get into it. What have we been playing you want to start want, us off here? I want you to start us off because you have a lot more games. Uh, since Ooh, I've got okay. a new job, I don't have nearly enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have enough time to play games anymore. I work so at home, sad. so it's very easy for me to be like, oh, this thing's rendering. Now I'm going to play a good game. <laughs> so <laughs> I got a lot more play time in. Um, let's start off at dusk. Uh, yeah, this is um, a new retro style first person shooter by the publisher or the group over at new blood yeah um, i believe it's actually a couple years old um, yeah it's been out on pc for a while i believe yeah i picked up the switch port uh which just released that's the new part um and yeah i played through that uh i i really enjoyed it um i do have to disclose here i have found when i play these retro games retro inspired shooters i tend to hit a brick wall with them and not finish them so from the get-go with this one, I was like, I'm just throwing up my hands and playing on easy. So I don't know how the difficulty balances out on normal or harder difficulties. If that's important to you, I can't tell you. I kind of breezed through the whole thing. <laughs> so can't really comment on that stuff. I, I had a great time, though, uh, when I played it. It's uh, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's a weird-ass video game. Um, it's got a lot of like religious cult stuff in there's also kind of some silly stuff in there i don't know it's it's interesting um it is a retro style fps it's meant to look like an old pc game which i like the you know, sort of that primitive looking 3d graphics um very fast they do a really smart thing where they tie the jump button to the left bumper so you can kind of bunny hop um which is important for these kinds of games uh which you know controllers dif have difficulty with mapping it to a so doing that i think was smart it runs really well on switch didn't really notice too many drops or anything like that. Seems to run at a consistent 60, which is nice. 
Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a fun retro style first person shooter. I, you know, I, it's I kind of struggled to think of anything more to say about it other than like yeah, you just bunny hop around, you find guns and shoot. You know, you gotta. That's you got your, that's what a first person shooter does. Yep. Yep. You got your pump action shotguns. You can dual wield that, and then of course you've got a, a double barrel shotgun. So you know you know what kind of game this is. Yep. Uh, this is one that's been on my radar for a while. Um, I know we just talked about Ultra Kill not too long ago. Uh, that's by the same folks over at New Blood. A different developer, obviously, but that same sort of crew. Um, and Dusk has been on my radar for a while, but I uh, pre-ordered the limited run for the Switch physical version. Uh, so that's not going to get here for a while. Yeah, if you're going to be waiting a while on that one. Yeah, um... I'd say it took me above-ish five hours, I think, to get through. Um, okay. Which I think is about right for these kinds of games. Um, yeah, it's got different difficulties, so it's got some yeah. replayability there. It's also and, got a yeah, horde fun. mode. Like, Oh, good. If you want to spend more time in that. Um, the only parts of it I did not enjoy, there's a couple sections where it's like almost complete darkness, and they don't give you the flashlight you normally have. And there's just a couple of those sections that felt very maze-like, and I, I just did not enjoy them. They were confusing and I got lost. Um, but they're relatively brief and there's only like four or five of them throughout the game. So not the end of the world, but but I, I do need to note that. Um, other than that, had a had a pretty good time with it. Nice. Um, right. Want to hear about Tetris Effect? Sure. Tell uh, me about Tetris that Effect. Tetris Effect. Uh, Tetris Effect, if you missed it when it came out, is a uh, version of Tetris that's got a lot of graphical and audio things happening. Um, there's like a new mechanic with the zone where you can freeze time temporarily and then stack all your lines up together and get a huge point bonus, but it's not super uh, like game-changing, honestly. If you, you know, if you remember those like 2000s like era of music synthesizer <laughs> yeah like a windows media player where it's just that crazy sort of light show in the background kind of like you're playing tetris over one of those <laughs> yeah it's a lot more intentional than that and i love how the background and the sound effects react to what you're doing um but that's that's basically what tetris effect is the um and i loved it when i first played it and then they announced there was a multiplayer update called Te Tetris Effect Connected coming out. Uh, and that happened a while ago. So I've been playing that on, P on PS4, on the PS5. I've uh, been playing it. The multiplayer is a lot of fun. Uh, it's online, but it's uh, keeping with the connected theme of it. There's a like boss battle mode where you and two teammates team up to defeat like a boss uh so you fill up a meter and then all of your boards smush together and you can play off of each other's boards to try and clear as many lines as you can um it's pretty interesting but uh obviously the multiplayer i've played the most of is the classic uh score attack and the regular battle mode so uh you know if you like tetris this is just a very very pretty tetris and i believe the connected update is on everything now so um, yeah, nice. it's just a added nice added bonus. I know it was on Game Pass. That's where I played it. I don't know if it's still there. If it is, check it out. It, it is really cool. 
Um, I played some of... I'm trying to figure out where I want to go next. Uh, Demon Turf. We've talked about this a couple of times. Uh, indie 3D platformer. Um, it's got a very interesting look. It, again, uses that kind of simple 3D look to it. But the main character is like a flat uh, 2D image. Kind of, kind of looks like Paper Mario, honestly, a little bit. Um, if you imagine that, but as a platformer instead of an RPG. Um, and it's it's very good. I'm really enjoying it. I haven't finished it yet. I'm a little over halfway through the main game. Um, it's kind of like a... Like it kind of... It has hub, hub worlds, um, kind of like a Spyro or a Mario 64. Um, and the idea is these are different turfs. And you're, you're a little demon child who wants to take over... Uh, the the demon turf as a whole so you're kind of battling these bosses and and defeating the worlds and yeah it's it's really cute it's adorable um i i'm really liking it it kind of has the super mario 64 triple jump in it it's got wall jumping it's got gliding kind of like spyro it's it's really cute i'm i'm having a good time with it so far nice this is one that it's i'm looking forward to playing at some point yeah, it seems like it's got a bunch of content, too. It's also on, like, every platform ever. So if it looks even remotely interesting to you, you, you can probably play it, which is nice. I've heard good things about the Switch version, too. I'm playing the PS5 version. Um, and this They fixed this, but it has a problem that I've never had with a PlayStation game, period. Where when it first came out, it didn't... The trophies didn't show up. Oh, weird. Which is weird. Like, you could unlock them, they would pop. But when you went to go look at the list, it just wouldn't show up there, which I've never seen before. <laughs> huh, that's super weird. Yeah, it's super weird. I, I wonder if that's like a problem, I don't know, that other games have had. It, they, they've fixed it. It is now there. So if you super care about trophies, it's not, you know, it's it's fixed now. But like, it's just a weird, weird little oddity I've never had noticed before. Um, I, uh, so because Halo Infinite is coming out, it's... We're coming up real close to Halo's 20th anniversary. I've been playing the Halo games. Um, played through Halo 1, and I'm in the middle of Halo 2 right now. And those games are so good. <laughs> oh, you're so playing those, those sick remasters on the Master Chief Collection, right? No, I'm playing the originals <laughs> on an original Xbox. Hell yeah. Um, because why not? Um, I, I, this is one of those things where I can definitively say I. it's weird going back and playing these this way because it's been a very long time since I've done this uh, because the Master Chief Collection has been out since like 2014 and oh and it's a super good collection yes it is um, it, it honestly I would recommend like that's the version you should play if you've never played these games before just pick up the Master Chief Collection I legitimately still think it is the best deal in video games <laughs> like that collection and is it's one wild of... uh, I mean the Halo 1 remaster is probably one of the best remasters in all of gaming too it just does so much to like just beautify it but not make it not take away from the core experience and there's some just novelty about being able to push a button to swap between the graphics oh yeah that that's super cool i actually and i don't know i don't actually know how pe most people feel about this i don't like the halo one remaster visually there's something about no. it. Yeah, there's something about the way they interpreted some of that stuff that I'm not a big fan of. Um, but that's okay because it does the thing that we all always wish that these remasters would do where it just lets you swap graphics on the fly. 
which is it's the so coolest cool thing. every time yeah. yeah uh but they also did the same thing with halo 2 where they remastered that in a very similar way which is on the master chief collection as well the halo 2 remaster is i think one of the best remasters ever made visually oh it's gorgeous like yeah. i think they for me i think they nailed the visual aesthetic while also making it like modern um but i am playing the original versions um which you know i still think largely hold up halo 1 has a lot of frame rate problems which i don't remember <laughs> of course because you don't think about those things when you're young um just playing playing shooters or whatever uh but yeah i i did not realize how many frame drops that game has and the action gets heavy <laughs> but overall i think that game is is still kind of it's kind of a marvel in a way um i think kind of the sort of common complaint you hear about halo one is that like uh, half the game's great and then the other half's the first half backwards um and i can kind of see that complaint but honestly this time around i'm like i i think it's much better than that <laughs> i think people don't give it enough credit sometimes um see i liked when i played it and this was recently was when i first played halo one i loved every chapter of that game <laughs> yeah i mean honestly um and and you know i, I think people just don't like the flood <laughs> Which, oh, I love the flood, though. <laughs> yeah, and I do think they're less interesting to fight, but I do like the variability they add into the combat halfway through. I don't know. I, I appreciate them. Especially the level where they're introduced when Halo becomes a survival horror. It's so cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. Um, I, I won't defend the library. I don't like that level. <laughs> so don't worry about that. <laughs> that level is, is bad. It's actually the only level where the remastered visuals are better. Because they use lighting to kind of point you in the right direction. In the original, it's really easy to kind of get turned around. Um, so so I, I do got to give a credit there. Uh, but yeah, Halo 1 is... It, it's a phenomenal game. And if you've never played it, you you should. Um, what have you been doing for the last 20 years, yeah, basically? <laughs> it really is. It, I'm halfway through Halo 2, and that game's also phenomenal. Like, that game's more emphasis on story is so good... And it really fleshes out the the covenant and sort of what their whole deal is, and it, it's one of those games where like I can't wait to talk about those on the main show critically because there's just a lot of good stuff there. Um, I don't know. I love that Halo One, like you know, one of the things you realize when you go back to old games is they're not as big as you remember, you know. Um, and you know, Halo One has that too, where I'm like, oh, on the second level, Halo, right? When you come out of the escape pod and it's that sort of green foresty area. Like, in my mind as a child, that that was, like, massive. That was, like, the biggest area I've ever been in in video games. And, you know, compared to today's standards, it's a bit, you know, it's kind of small. But, like, Halo does such a good job of creating a sense of scale. Because it's set on Halo, and you can look up in the skybox and see the ring go up in the sky. Like, it makes the whole thing seem so much bigger than it actually is. And that's just something so impressive about those games. And they've always nailed that. And so I'm I'm hoping to get through the rest of the series before Infinite's campaign launches. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if yeah, I'll there's have time. quite a few quite a few games out there. Yeah. Um, Even if you just do the mainline ones, you still have three full three and a half games to play. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> Not <laughs> counting Reach and ODST, which are fantastic in their own rights. Yep. Um, yep. But I, I'm I'm really enjoying those and excited. I'm so excited for Infinite. Um, why don't you tell me about Castlevania? Yeah, so I 
uh, caved and got the Castlevania Advance Collection. I thought I was going to wait and see if Limited Run did a physical version of that, and I decided, eh, I'll just buy it again, because that's the kind of person I am. We should. I just also interject, this is the time of the year where, like, every big retailer does that, or, like, buy two, get one free, and I think we both take advantage of that every year and stock up on games. Um and we literally just did this. So you saying you caved, I'm like, you have so many games to play. I know. It's so funny to me. Um, I was like, oh, I'll just wait and then uh, I'll get it when there's a physical version. That way I don't double dip. And then I'm like, no, I'm just going to double dip. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. But honestly, um, it's a great package. It comes with four games. It comes with the three uh, Game Boy Advance Castlevania games, which are um harmony of dissonance circle of the moon and aria of sorrow and then it Isn't also that comes one with ds harmony of dissonance uh no harmony okay. of dissonance is on the game boy advance um the three ds ones are dawn of sorrow order of that's Ecclesia, right because dawn of, of sorrow is literally castlevania ds <laughs> that's right that's dawn right. of sorrow yeah it's that's so well stupid. and it sucks because it. <laughs> It sucks because Harmony of Despair is also a Castlevania game. Harmony of Dissonance is on the Game Boy Advance, and Harmony of Despair is on the 360. But they had to call it that because that's Castlevania HD. Yes, Harmony of Despair HD. God, I love that. I If we ever get a new one of these, which seems like they're building up to, they, they better, like, if they're just putting on a PS5, they better come up with some stupid <laughs> <laughs> name for this thing. Oh, that's great. Um, And then the package also includes the uh, Super Nintendo version of uh, Rondo of Blood, which was called Dracula X in the States. Um, It's not just like an inferior version of that game. It's like a different game altogether, just with the same graphics and similar controls. Um, and finding an actual Super Nintendo cartridge of that is stupid expensive, so I'm glad to see that re-released in some capacity. Sure. Um, so, you know, that's just also in the package. So the one I played first was Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, uh, mainly because I also owned Dawn of Sorrow for the DS and was wanting to get to that one. And I have to say, Aria of Sorrow is really, really good. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm a huge Metroid fan. I'm also a huge fan of uh, Symphony of the Night, as I think most Metroidvania fans are. Uh, Dawn of S- or Aria of Sorrow really um, left a really good impression on me, so much that I think it's up there as like one of the best Metroidvanias, like on par with Symphony of the Night. Whoa, which is pretty high praise. Yeah, um, the it does a lot to take what symphony of the night did really well and sort of streamline it so that it's not quite as obtuse <laughs> um stuff like having the different weapons and the stats and um stuff that was new for castlevania at the time it adds into that but this is a handheld that has half the buttons of a playstation controller so some things had to be cut so like the overly convoluted spells aren't there um which to some is a shame, and at some points I was missing the fact that I didn't have Soul Steel. But uh, instead, you this was the game to introduce the I believe it's the game to introduce where you 
when you kill a monster, you have a chance to steal their soul, and then you can use that monster's powers as one of your own. Not all of them are useful. Like, <laughs> some of them are just, okay, now you have a better strength stat by equipping this. Uh, but some of them are like a different projectile attack, or um, some of them are needed for progression. So, like, this one makes you glide, and this one uh, lets you go underwater, and stuff like that so it's really cool just trying out all the different abilities that the enemies have some of them are really flashy some of them are like the skeleton waiter who just throws plates of curry at the enemies and then you get to throw plates of curry at the enemies <laughs> um yeah it, all of that just makes the gameplay feel really good to play um and really streamlined so you're never like overwhelmed by what, all the possibilities uh, and the map design is also really, really um, well put together. Like, there's a lot of times where, um, I mean, there's occasions where I got lost, but for the most part, I kind of knew what I was doing. And then if I found a dead end, I could keep that in my brain. And then the map does a good job of keeping uh, a reminder there just um, by not filling in that square yet. And then you can kind of remember what abilities you might need. Um, so yeah, uh, really highly recommend it. Honestly, that probably would justify the price of this collection alone. And then you still get three more games. So um, that's cool. pretty, pretty good Castlevania game. Nice. Yeah. That's, you know, after my 2d Metroid run through, I have not played any of the Castlevania games. That seems like the next logical step probably. Um, yeah. From what I hear, the three DS titles and then Aria of Sorrow, and Symphony of the Night are the ones that people say are the best. Um, and having played some of those, like Order of Ecclesia, Aria of Sorrow, and Symphony of the Night, those are all pretty good games. As well as um, just throwing in Bloodstained Ritual of the Night as well. Um, not technically a Castlevania game, but it's similar enough. It counts. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, well, last... Was it Sunday? Yeah, it was Sunday. Like I said, we we take advantage of that buy two get one free um, deal that like every retailer does, and as part of that, I picked up the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and I have devoured it. <laughs> I I think I'm right up close to the end. I love it. It is phenomenal, um, and in a way that like I thought I'd like it based on reviews and stuff like that, but like I've I'm kind of caught off guard about how good it is. It's uh, so. If you don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy single player game developed by Eidos Montreal, the the team behind those modern Deus Ex games, as well as the Last Tomb Raider. Um, this is a linear action adventure game, uh, third person, and it's it's very good. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of Final Fantasy in it, and it's got a lot of Mass Effect in it. Two very good things, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, and, and I think it's, it uses those things quite well. Um, so you're obviously playing, uh, you're, you're, you're the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you only control Star-Lord, um, which I think put a lot of people off initially, but I actually think is, it actually works out gameplay wise because you are kind of commanding the other Guardians. Um, so they, they run on cooldowns and sort of, you command them to it, to attack specific enemies and it kind of creates this vibe of like you're the leader of a team and so you need to figure out how to most effectively use your team 
And and I actually so I actually end up thinking that the only playing a Star Lord thing worked out. Um, while you're playing as him, his gameplay is is kind of like third person shooter. E you're running around a battlefield. You have like jet boots, so you can double jump and you can do a dash to dodge. Um, you have a melee, uh, so it, the combat is quite kinetic. Like it's it's pretty fast, um, and I, I think all that stuff works out well. Um, and it, it's all just quite good overall. It is pretty easy. Like I'm pretty close to the end of the game, and I've only died a handful of times. Um, and I, I will say that's probably my biggest critique so far. I'm playing on normal, the normal difficulty setting. I haven't changed anything, which. By the way, this game does give you a ton of options to fine-tune stuff if you'd like. Um, so that's yeah, you super put a, cool. You posted a screenshot of that options menu where they have like different difficulty sliders for almost every aspect of the game. Uh, that's such a... like Yes. That can't be easy to implement, but it's so great that it's there. It's awesome. Um, so if I end up doing another playthrough, I might play it on hard. Um, just to get some pushback. But yeah, I... I've really enjoyed the the gameplay of it. I think it's it does kind of remind me of Final Fantasy, um, actually kind of Final Fantasy VII DLC, um, because you're not directly controlling characters you switch to, but you're just kind of giving commands, um, while also being active in the battle yourself, which is it's cool. It's it's got a good vibe, uh, but I'm loving the writing and story. Uh, the story is interesting, and just the writing and banter has been excellent so far. The sort of angle this takes is it's not connected to any sort of prior lore or anything. It's its own thing. So it's not like going off the movies or anything like this version of Star-Lord hasn't shown up anywhere else. Right. Um, Kind of like Insomniac Spider-Man games, if you want to think about it that way. Or Marvel's Um, Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Or like that. Um, If you want to think about that game. (laughs) I hear the single players could. I have it installed. All right. Okay. Uh, It was on Game Pass. So I installed it. Well, I'll probably talk about that later. Um, but yeah, Guardians, the banter is really good. This is a version of the Guardians who are pretty new at this. So because of that, they're kind of, they kind of don't like each other that much, which kind of plays into this you're the leader thing. A lot of the dialogue options kind of hinge on you keeping the team together and keeping everybody motivated. So it kind of becomes this interesting, like, group leader simulation thing. <laughs> which is kind of an interesting angle for a game like this. I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and, and I think the the arc is really nice. All the characters kind of get their own little, like, you know, everybody gets a moment to, to shine and you get a moment to connect with them. And there's a lot of emotional stuff here, which is kind of surprising for this game. And it really works. Um, you know, a couple of convenient things here and there that I kind of rolled my eyes at. But, like, for the most part, I am... I'm loving it, and I'm finding it really hard to put down. Like, it's one of those things where a couple nights in a row, I've noticed I'm like, it's three in the morning. <laughs> I need to stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, couple that with the absolutely gorgeous, like, environment design in that game. Oh my god, dude, it's so I've only pretty. seen, like, screen, ga- screen grabs of it, but man, it is really pretty. Yeah, um, lots of really cool environments you get to go run around in, and yeah, it's been really cool to see like different takes on those characters and new characters I've never met before. Um, like Cosmo. Yeah, my God, Cosmo. You guys. You guys. Cosmo. <laughs> Space Dog. Oh, the best. He's the best. <laughs> He's the best Marvel character. Um, it is a super linear game. 
So, like, it has strong comparisons to something like Mass Effect, but in terms of its, like, structure, in terms of how it doles out levels, it is a lot more like Final Fantasy VII in that way, where, like, you're not going back to old areas unless the story dictates it. Um, so it's not like you have a planetary map or whatever and you can go back to that stuff. It is very much a linear experience. Um, which, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> like, that's totally fine with me. Um, but yeah, really, really loving it so far. Rocket nice. is that's a dickhead. <laughs> which is, you know, that's his character. All right. Can I steal one from your list? Oh, uh, um, let's save, let's save the NSO stuff for last, if that's what you're talking about. Okay, I'm going there, if that's last. Yeah, let's save that for last, because we got things to say, <laughs> I'm sure. Got things to say, let's say them. Um, well, why don't you tell me about Odama real quick? Oh, okay. Um, Odama, uh, back on my bullshit of weird-ass, uh, games on Nintendo hardware, this is what I... I've always wanted to play, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah, I it's so weird. I did not know about it, and then once I knew about it, once I found out about it, I had become obsessed with, like, what is this? Uh, Odama, for the many of you who don't know, because <laughs> it's this extremely obscure GameCube game, uh, was the last GameCube exclusive released. Um and the second-to-last Nintendo-published GameCube game, the last being Twilight Princess. Um, and it's a, a tactics kind of game uh, where you use the GameCube microphone to command your troops around the field, but also you are constantly playing pinball with a giant wrecking ball on the field. <laughs> It's wild. It's one of those things. It's insanely wild. This, you know, this totally comes out of the era with Katamari Damacy and all those, like, weird kind of budget Japanese games that were being made at the time, but that kind of all slap in their own ways. Yeah, so I I tried this out mainly to test it, but also to, like, see what this was about. Um, First of all, the GameCube microphone and the voice commands are super responsive. (laughs) Like, oh, that's I surprising. Think, yeah, I've, it never once misread an input or failed to read one. Like it just just worked. That's uh, cool. You just hold hold down the X button on the controller and then speak into the microphone. I don't have the controller, the microphone mount, um, so I just kind of like laid it on my chest. Uh, but it works pretty good. Um, the thing about this game though is it's like ridiculously hard for some reason. I've heard that about it. Um, I played for about like half hour, maybe. Uh, I could not finish the first level. <laughs> it was oh, so no. brutal. Um, and I don't quite understand what I was doing wrong. Um, I'll look more into it. But like, there's certain formations and commands you can give your troops. And I think you're supposed to also use that to get them out of the way of the ball so you don't run them over. But they don't move fast enough and the ball bounces around cause it's pinball. So uh, I found that hard and I was a little hard to pay attention to them while also trying not to drop the ball, which results in immediate game over. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, but uh, it's so weird that it exists. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange one. This game uh, 
Dosin the Giant and Cube of War all exist in the same space in my mind of just like weird GameCube garbage. Uh, Dosin the Giant, I really want, even though it was only released in Europe, I think. That's a weird one because it was an N64 game that I think was Japanese exclusive and then there was a Western release, but yeah, I don't think it came over here. It was a an N64 DD game. Right. <laughs> and then it got a GameCube release, I think, in Europe, and then maybe Japan also got that version, uh, but the States never did. Well, speaking of the N64 DD, maybe there's a chance Doshin the Giant could come to N64 NSO Online, well. uh, which we have <laughs> checked out. Yeah. Uh, this might be a bit of a longer conversation, but like, let's just start off. What N64 games did we test? I played all the way through. I played once through Star Fox. I have played a couple times through Yoshi's Story, and I have played all of the tracks at least once on Mario Kart, and then dabbled in Dr. Mario. Yep. Uh, that sounds about right. I played a little bit of Star Fox 64. Um, mainly just because I've played that game a lot. Uh, the stage I've mainly been looking to get to is Solar. Did you get to Solar? Is that the lava planet? Yeah. Yes. How'd that look? Great. Okay. Because it looked really bad on the virtual console. So I don't... The last time I played Star Fox 64 was on the 3DS version, which I remember being fantastic, but I don't remember it fully. So to me, playing this one, it looked good, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Did it look muddy? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I'll, I mean, I'll it check it like, out later. But you know, the lava looks looks a little. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it N64, looks like in sixty four graphics. So I, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know Star Fox sixty four intimately enough to tell you necessarily. I just know it played well. Um, okay, that's good. Um, yeah, I played some Mario Kart 64. Playing Mario Kart 64 online also is a lot of fun. It um, is fun. I know we did we did some of that. Yeah. Um, mainly just made us all really yearn for a Mario Kart 9. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But it's still a good time online. Um, and then I've been playing a lot of Sin and Punishment. Right. Uh, which is... An, because if you know me, I like these weird forgotten nintendo franchises and this sure is one of them yeah this that's probably the next one i'm gonna dive into on this service um, um yeah i mean it would be really great if i could find one of those freaking controllers <laughs> oh my god just so the audience knows nintendo is selling these n64 controllers but they're only selling them through their website and they're usb n64 controllers which sounds useful for more things than well, just this <laughs> they're wireless they're wireless bluetooth as well yeah which seems really nice. And I have tasked Cotter because we are under a family plan. And so I don't think I can buy these. Like, I think only he can buy them. So I've been like, get me one of these controllers. And they've only yeah, well, gone up like twice. And when they do, it's like either in the morning when I'm asleep or in the middle of the night when I'm working. And because it's a consumer electronic in the year 2021, they sell it instantly and then go up for scalpers immediately oh they easily have reached twice or triple the price on uh third-party shops and to be honest they're already overpriced they're like 50 bucks (laughs) but i still want one 
uh yeah it's ridiculous it's really frustrating i honestly i i don't know if the super works but i might look into just getting a rafnet adapter for an action for an original n64 controller hmm. um because that just converts it to usb um but the the main but problem with the nso yes okay so so <laughs> there's a reason why we want this controller so bad and it's not just because it would be fun to have it uh, but let's 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 get into that in a minute because i kind of think that's the most egregious problem we're about to talk about <laughs> let's just um we're gonna get I'm, let's get a little bit negative here <laughs> sadly um the emulation is not very good on nso online <laughs> for n64 is it um i mean it's f- passable but like like d minus passable <laughs> yeah and that way you've passed the class but you still might be in trouble for the next version of it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like um some games are fine like i said i really enjoyed playing Star Fox and mario kart uh yoshi's story also seems really fine to me uh, but like, if you've seen anything, you've probably seen the screenshots going around of Ocarina of Time, which is unacceptable, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. It's a mess. It's absolutely a mess, and it is like unbelievable to me that Nintendo charged this much money for something that is so broken. What of you know whether or not you like Ocarina of Time, it's one of the most important video games ever made, and it is in a pretty rough state right now <laughs> on this service. Um, yeah well and it's wild because this is emulation it's emulation of n64 which has been around for a long time like mm-hmm. people have got this shit figured out <laughs> nintendo has had this shit figured out like people... yeah because we had the virtual console so what's the deal here even those gamecube releases <laughs> which are i you know i was watching some some stuff on this some comparisons and people were saying like hey those like gamecube re-release of ocarina and majora's mask are like near flawless <laughs> in terms of emulation so it is wild that they have messed this up so bad the biggest thing that they have done is they've messed up the fog in ocarina of time um probably the most egregious example you've seen floating around most likely is the shadow fight room where you fight shadow link um or that room is supposed to have heavy fog and the water kind of reflects you and stuff. But there's no fog in that room and the water looks like a muddy mess now. And it loses yeah, all of its that? atmosphere. <laughs> Which is like, how did that happen? But the problems go beyond that. Um, in Kokoriko Village, there's actually more fog than there was originally. And it makes oh, they the... just misplaced the fog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they misplaced it. But the problem with that is it makes the image look washed out. It's very strange um and so yeah just the kind of the whole game has issues like that and that's like really egregious um like i said not every game has these problems but like and it does make you wonder it makes you worry about majora's masks it makes you worry about banjo kazooie like other big games that are coming to the service that relying on fog is like that that's really concerning uh the other concerning thing and i have not run into this personally i will say this but I also haven't played any of the games people are complaining about here. Um, but apparently the input delay is quite worse than any version that we've had before. Um, Mario 64 in particular seems to really suffer from that. Um, I guess like the NSO input delay is worse than the 3D All-Stars version. Which 
is, is on the same console blowing my mind <laughs> like how did they mess that up um yeah wild stuff but the thing we were alluding to earlier that i stopped you for because i think this is genuinely the most egregious part of this is you cannot remap controls for these games which i have no idea why not <laughs> it's so wild so if you don't know the n64 controller is weird and <laughs> it's the weird three-handed monstrosity yes and you know i have some sympathy for the fact that like no matter what you do it's always going to be awkward to try to make that fit on a modern control scheme um always so like you can do one of two things you could allow people to map it themselves or you could create custom mappings for every game um you know they went with option b but not great <laughs> no they didn't they went with option c which is to try to create a universal control scheme which just does not work <laughs> i mean kind of but like some of them have a couple different like each game has a little bit different mapping i have not noticed but... that every game i've tested has the exact same mapping <laughs> well but like a and b are like down and right or some weird shit like that so it's so <laughs> the n64 controller has six face buttons which is i think what causes most of the problems um and you know modern controllers only have four typically um the six face buttons being a b and then a c pad which is basically like a d-pad um but four four face buttons four yellow face buttons um that c pad is mapped to the right stick <laughs> Which, like, yeah, for some games, is totally fine. For Ocarina, though, it's the same problem we've had with the Virtual Console, where playing, like, Ocarina songs with an analog stick just does not feel right. Sure, yep. Uh, But it is technically mapped to the face buttons. If you hold down, I believe it's the right or the left trigger or something, then it converts the face buttons to the yellow C C buttons. (laughs) Which Why? is wild. And for a game like Star Fox, which for the most part, I think these controls work fine. I kept accidentally hitting that trigger and converting that. So I just kept accidentally boosting when I didn't mean to, um, which is quite frustrating. Um, Yeah, it's just it's just weird and it does not work for every game. You cannot create a universal layout for a modern controller for these N64 games. It has to be custom for every single one of them. And... If they're not going to do that themselves, they should at least give us the power to remap them, which is, like, a standard feature in emulators. (laughs) Like, that is not asking for too much. And the fact that they haven't done that is really cheap and really disheartening and kind of insane when they're charging a premium for this stuff. And, yeah, there is the option to remap all of the buttons, like, console-wide, but that is not acceptable. that's a band-aid not a cure (laughs) yeah and also if you were going to do that you would have to continually launch the app to make sure you're mapping the right buttons like there's no layout it's not giving the n64 to like look at while you're doing it it's a mess the whole thing's a mess they're selling these n64 controllers which actually kind of feels a little scummy (laughs) because these controls are bad and you know presumably that'll work way better um you would hope <laughs> but you can't get one anyway so does it matter the thing that actually kind of blows my mind is 
the Mario 3D All-Stars collection has custom controls. <laughs> yeah, that, it's wild. <laughs> so, like, what happened here? That is the thing they need to fix right away. Like, even more so than the emulator glitches and all that stuff, which definitely need to be addressed. But, like, we need remappable controls. It is wild that this is the choice they've made. Um, I don't know. I don't mean to be too negative on it. N64 games are cool. I don't think this is the best way you should play them, <laughs> honestly. I think you should wait. And if you're really curious, go find a different emulator. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Because like yeah, this is not an if, ideal. I mean, way if to you want to, if you want to buy them, a lot of them are on the Wii U Virtual Console, and that has full button remapping. It does, but also that has a weird issue where like it adds like a dark filter over everything. Yeah, which it's... is not visually great. Man. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The past couple of years of N sixty four stuff, Nintendo has really screwed up, and it's it sucks. As somebody who loves that console, it's it's a real shame. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> that generation, I guess, was just super difficult for people to grasp that aren't dedicated fans. Because <laughs> the, the PS1 Classic also kind of dropped the ball, yeah? Oh, yeah. Upsettingly so. Um, and then we haven't had good Saturn anything ever. <laughs> Not even when the Saturn existed. Um and then, you know, the Dreamcast also is kind of in there. Yeah, it's just like, it hurts when you see fan-made emulators that kick ass. <laughs> and then we get here with an official one that you have to pay a premium for, and it sucks. <laughs> like, that I think is the thing that stings the most about this, is like, this stuff exists in a much better form. And that, yep. that hurts. Anyway... Uh, Star Fox is mostly good. So if you have the service, play through Star Fox. Yeah, and try Sin and Punishment. I mean, the controls are kind of weird, but um, it, it's fun. Yeah, I'm hoping that they update this and we can have a positive conversation about it down the line. Um, again, I love this console. Like, it's so good. There's so many good things about it, but yeah, right now it's it's hard to recommend. Um, Want to get into some news? Uh, sure, let's blast through it. Speaking of old games that deserve better, um, this is just a PSA real quick. Uh, if you're excited for the GTA trilogy like I was, uh, wait on that. <laughs> There's a bunch of footage going around. Um, it seems like kind of a wreck. These are not great remakes. Lots of glitches. Lots of like horrific stuff in there. Um, so, like, again, this has issues with fog. I don't know why why people seem to hate fog in old games. <laughs> um, but, yeah, avoid that GTA remaster, at least for now. Um, it needs some serious work. It needs some and serious it's, work. It's wild because this is Rockstar we're talking about. They have infinite money. Of, yeah, yeah they, could, they could put more money towards it. It seems very budgeted, like they didn't give some other developer enough funds or enough um time to do it which is wild it very much feels like take two wanted a holiday game that would be big and yep <laughs> it's, this isn't it's it. a rushed project so you know buyer beware of that one the thing that super sucks about this is they actually had these games available for digital purchase for a while like the sort of ps2 versions um and they took those down for this so 
that's infuriating. So you can't even go back and get yep. the originals. Yep. Um, you know, back to our fan-made emulator comments earlier. You know, I guess really so. unfortunate on that. Uh, but a super exciting rumor that I refuse to believe fully because I don't want to get my heart broken. But according to some leakers, uh, and I have I've got this from a Forbes article, but I've seen it from several people who are normally pretty on point with their stuff. Um, Halo Infinite multiplayer maybe launching Monday? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's super soon. That's like two days from now. It is two days from when we were recording. Um, yeah, this happened yesterday as of recording time. Um, yeah, uh, people think this. Uh, People think this is logical, too, because on the 15th, Monday, they, Xbox is doing, like, a big 20th anniversary stream. Um, so this, you know, would be a banger announcement for that. Um, also, rip Battlefield and Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of love that. Um, let's go. I, I, I really hope this is true. Um, some A side note for this. A bunch of old xbox 360 and xbox games are getting updates people are seeing them show up including stuff like oblivion and sonic unleashed so and fable and stuff like that yeah what's up with that so uh i think people believe that during this showcase they're going to talk about continuing the backwards compatible compatible program that they kind of halted uh when the series x was coming out because they wanted that team on there so people think that's going to start up again and we're going to get a whole bunch of new backwards compatible titles and updates to old ones to make them run better, which in the Sonic Unleashed case is pretty dope. Cause yeah, because that game did not run great. <laughs> no, it never came to PC, and people have been wanting this for years. So if that's true, that's really cool. If it runs at a solid frame rate, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been doing a lot of, like... Like, a lot of these old games, they have get updated and made them run at 60. So, like... If that's happening here, that that'll be really that'll be a big deal for Sonic fans. Um, uh, this is an exciting one. A couple of Xbox exclusives seem to have leaked some premises and stuff. I pulled this from Windows Central. Um, we have two here. We have Project Midnight from Compulsion Games, and um, Pentiment from Obsidian. I believe is how that word is said. Um, Project uh-huh. Midnight is like a third-person fantasy action game. It's it's described as a coming-of-age tale taking inspiration from the Deep South and featuring large fantastical beasts with a strong southern gothic vibe. All right. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. There's some concept art there that looks pretty neat um, in that article if you want to check that out. But yeah, that sounds dope. I'm always down for third-person action games. So, um, into it, for sure. Um Pentiment from Obsidian is interesting. It seems like it was, it's a smaller scale game made by a smaller team within Obsidian. Um, one of the lead creators of Fallout New Vegas is on it, so that's going to be pretty exciting for people. Um, you will be playing as an investigator in 16th century Europe, solving a murder, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it seems like from the article, it seems like it won't be super action based, more puzzly. Um, you know, lots of choices, dialogue choices. Um, the article also referenced Disco Elysium as a potential, like, uh, inspiration. So, pretty cool. Um, these both sound like games that are only possible because Microsoft is publishing them and wants content for Game Pass, you know what I mean? 
Like, especially yeah, where this... they just throw money at weird shit. Yeah, which is really cool and exciting. I, I love to see stuff like this. Um, you know, get smaller teams and these large developers to make weird little things like this subsidian thing. That's that's neat. Um, yeah, if the developers are passionate about it, then like, yeah, go for it. Totally. I mean, that's how that's how back in the day how Ace Attorney got started is because the writer was just super passionate about it and he was given a small team and a small budget to make whatever yeah super cool um and i'm really excited about this compulsion one that that sounds unique in a cool way i don't know if i've southern gothic vibe does that mean we get more like like vampire cowboys or maybe (laughs) maybe i'm thinking it's more like like a dark um, watch we get more like new orleans like that kind of vibe it could be i could be into that yeah i'm totally down for that it sounds like a aesthetic we don't see too much so into that you want to take these next couple stories uh this was just a brief one and i don't know if it's super new honestly but uh, remedy is expanding their office uh they have a new office in sweden there's like a bunch of listings for hiring um also on this article uh that i saw or it was just someone reporting it i think was um they're also working on like a bunch of new games <laughs> yeah uh, one of which is a new control game yeah they felt like there was some point where they said they had six games in development, <laughs> which, you know, which, some of that is like the Alan Wake remastered, which I can't imagine took too much work. Um, but yeah, super exciting. Yeah. And it might just be also like proof, proof of concepts and like uh, demos and stuff. But I mean, working on a new control on a platform that could support the <laughs> nonsense that they're working on, then yeah, cool. I'm into it. I'm holding out hope. I, there's a lot of rumors about Alan Wake and, especially because of that remaster that like that control game is actually an Alan Wake game because they're tied together now. Um, I mean, it could just be the same. It could be both yeah. Al- Alan Wake two and control two at the same time. Be exciting. I, I have quickly over the last couple of years come to really love remedy. Like there's some of my favorites. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, this next piece of news also very exciting for me, by the way. Yeah, we got a, some news about the devil may cry anime um which we knew was confirmed but didn't hear anything about um so we now know that all of the season one script is done it's going to be eight episodes and we'll have a multi-season arc so stuff will go into a season two which is not written yet uh virgil and lady will appear uh they are characters from dmc if you're not aware uh, they worked closely with Capcom and Hiroyuki Kobayashi, um, and they very clearly stated in the article that Chris Pratt will not voice anyone. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, yeah, it's also important to note that the creative director, I don't think I don't know if it's the same animation studio, but the creative director is, I believe, Addie Shinkar, who also is responsible for the excellent Castlevania series. Yeah, um, that's why I have super high hopes yeah. for this, is because Castlevania just it's like animation alone just applying that to the over the top action of devil may cry seems like it would be an absolute blast to watch very exciting on that one all right um this next one was devolver digital uh they're now a publicly traded company which is something to do with the stock market (laughs) like i know anything about stocks um 
but I mean, somewhere in there that allowed them to acquire four new studios. So cool. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Crow Team, who worked on Serious Sam and the Talos Principle. Uh, Dodge Roll, who did uh, the Gungeon games, entered the Gungeon. Uh, Nereal, who did Reigns and Card Shark, and Firefly Studios, who did the Stronghold series. Very cool. So, um, cool. Devolvers put out some pretty cool stuff, so yeah. and they've published some pretty cool stuff. So, and you know, I like that because you know some of these like Serious Sam and um, Stronghold, like those are kind of niche in a way. Where like you know they kind of need that support to continue. So if you like those series, I bet this this is what will get you more of those. Um, also in that they said they have no news about an Enter the Gungeon 2, but they have asked the developers a lot about it. It's very <laughs> so, funny. Um, I guess Enter the Gungeon fans might like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the the big concern I have about this is like, you know, Devolver Digital has always had that kind of like, you know, that like indie punk label vibe. And you do kind of have that concern if we're going to get that personality stripped away because of this, but hopefully not. <laughs> You know, I'm not yeah. going to say that's for certain, but it, it is a it is a possibility. Yeah, and the article, um, which I just pulled directly from their website, um, they seem to try and dissuade some of those fears. Like, oh no, it'll still be like us doing our weird stuff, but um, there is always that concern. Yeah, totally. Uh, and this last one was just that the Elden Ring gameplay preview went up. Uh, we talked about there was like some leaked footage this was an official like 20 minute presentation showing gameplay and some other stuff happening um and then this also led into the uh network test which i believe is happening if you got into that you didn't make it did you i didn't make it no unfortunate um heard some good things out of that um i heard words i liked like this one's a lot more accessible and they give you checkpoints right before bosses, <laughs> which for me, <laughs> yes, makes me very excited. <laughs> yeah, it's not needly, needlessly punishing like the Souls games are. Yeah, um, which is part of the appeal of those. But uh, this one's also like more of an open world thing, and um, I don't know. Everything I saw from the gameplay demo looks super cool. Like it took, it takes everything that worked from stuff like uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and then also the more action like focus stuff of Sekiro and just kind of adds those together so it looks pretty cool yeah oh I forgot to put it in here but um I, I'm just gonna mention it here there was a trailer speaking of Soulsborne games that I shared with you called Lies oh, of P oh yeah everybody that go check out the trailer check out the Lies, Lies of, of P. P yeah we should say it at the same time Lies of P in case we were unintelligible there um it is a I'll put a link to the trailer in the description yeah. as well it is a sort of um you know from soft looking style action game but it's based off pinocchio <laughs> and it, yeah it's basically like they um wanted to make bloodborne but with marionettes <laughs> it's got a very cool aesthetic and vibe um very creepy looking um for me like like there's a moment in that trailer where he uses like a grappling hook to like it's like they're on rooftops and he grapples to a, another an enemy across the rooftop and pulls it on to the rooftop with him to attack, which is like dope as hell. I don't know. It looks very cool. It looks like it's got a lot of style. So 
what I, I'm keeping my eyes on that for sure. All right, you want to hop into these showcases? Let's talk about it. Uh, in our showcase roundup, we had two showcases since the time we last recorded. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first one, a pretty lackluster, in my opinion, state of play. Um, you know, to be fair, they did say it was like only talking about third party stuff, but even so, I was a little like, okay, this was this was there was fine. like one and a half good. <laughs> things here yeah um first thing they announced also thank you to fanbyte i feel like i say this every time fanbyte does the best roundup <laughs> i love them i think Ibrod Khan actually writes all those so shout out to you you put them <laughs> putting them in order in and, order yeah. and succinctly i really appreciate it i literally cannot find another site that does a good enough job <laughs> you you're the best i salute you um yeah so the first game they announced was death first which is a sequel to Let It Die, but it's not being developed by Grapphauser Grasshopper <laughs> Games. Um, people liked Let It Die. I, I never played it. It's a free-to-play Souls-esque game, and this appears to be more of an arena combat game, which is interesting that it's the direction they're taking it in. I did see some, some people excited over it, though, so cool. I don't think they gave a date on that one, but you know, if you're into it, you're into it. Um, the next game they announced was an indie game called We Are OFK. It is a five-episode episodic game launching in 2022. Um, yeah, this has been around for a little bit, just um, like some trailers and stuff, but uh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it did look neat. I will say, cautionary tale, don't... If you're, if you're an indie game most people haven't heard of, like I have not heard of it, don't do, like, meta jokes before you actually show me what the game is, please. Like, this trailer started with, like, a minute of them going, oh, we gotta get something ready for the new state of play. <laughs> and it was really awkward and weird. <laughs> so, yeah, just watch it. Um, was that Dodgeball game did the same thing? <laughs> Remember? Knockout City. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, don't do this, guys. <laughs> um, but the game itself does look neat. Um, the, the best announcement from this thing... Um, New DLC coming for Bugsnacks called The Isle of Big Snacks coming in 2022. It is a free expansion. Very exciting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in this trailer. Yeah, it seems um, pretty expansive. New biome with new Bugsnacks to go catch. You also now can you, you get your own hut in the village and you can customize that. Um, so you get a little bit of like, you know, Animal Crossing vibes, I guess. The the best announcement though is the big bunger. Yeah. <laughs> Who has tater tot legs. Very good, yeah. Super excited about that. Um seems like it'll integrate within the main game, so it's ready to replay it. <laughs> uh yeah, I can I'll I'll get some more trophies, sure. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is free. Um also their wording they didn't say this, but to me their wording around this implied that like maybe this isn't the last one of these we'll see. Um, we might we might see a you know maybe they'll do a, a paid expansion at some point. Um, uh, that might be me reading too far into it, but interesting at least. Um, I would pay for an expansion, so I cool. totally would. If you haven't played Bug Snacks, it rules. It's great. Yeah, it's a wild one. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach got a new trailer that's releasing December sixteenth. I'm not sure if that was known or not. Um, I don't know. It looks fine. <laughs> I'm not a Five Nights at uh, Freddy's guy. Really, it looks more cartoony, which I don't like. 
I, you know, if I was going to play one, the more, like, first-person, you know, this is a first-person game where you're actually walking around, you're not, like, tied to a room. So, to me, as a non-fan of the series, that that's a little more appealing than the main games. I'm not sure how fans feel about that. <laughs> you know, I can as see a, that being controversial. As an outside observer, though, the sort of more cutesy design stuff of, like, the characters and stuff... I think just kind of flies in the face of what the games were about because it was about these cute things being horrific. Whereas this is them just still being cute. Mm. Yeah. But honestly, I, I don't care either way. Honestly, (laughs) I've never played one of them. I played two, I guess that's about it. Unless this gets like stellar reviews, but even then, isn't the creator kind of problematic? (laughs) The original, but not this creator. Oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone gone by now. Those situations. Okay. Okay, never mind. I mean, if this gets seller reviews, then maybe I'll check it out. Um, uh, another great announcement here. Death Store is coming to PS4 and PS5 on November 23rd, so really soon. Um, get that for your Thanksgiving break. Uh, it's also coming to Switch, which was obviously not announced here. But uh, Death Store, that's a game I played over the summer and talked about on here. It's fantastic. If you really like like top-down Zelda, it, it has a lot of that in it. Um yeah, it's that is a phenomenal game that I really recommend people go play. Yeah, I should do that. I bought it. Yeah, you you should <laughs> add it to the list. Um, Kart Rider Drift is a free to play kart racer coming in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, I love kart racers. The free to play thing makes me yeah, a bit that nervous. really put me off because like i saw this trailer and i'm like okay i could be down with you know it looks a little generic but i love a good car racer i don't care uh but yeah the free-to-play kind of it that's making me making me nervous apparently this is very popular and somewhere in asia like it's been out for a while there and it's a big game over there so um cool i guess i don't know we'll see it depends on how predatory it is with its microtransactions but you know i'm a sucker for a kart racer and hey it's free <laughs> yeah it is free so i guess there's no harm in at least giving it a shot um king of fighters got a new trailer uh debuts new character dolores there's a beta coming mid-november i gotta be honest with you that could have already happened i don't know <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i'm not tuned into fighting games at all but uh the new characters look cool yeah it has a cool art style you know i'll give it that i i don't know anything about the series <laughs> other than i know it's like popular like in a niche way like it's got like a cult following but other than that i couldn't tell you anything about it um first class trouble coming to ps4 and ps5 um it's already out and it came out as a ps plus game so if you want that go check it out now kind of looks like a a more intricate uh more complicated like among us where you're like in a 3d like like on a cruise ship kind of looking thing um which you know could be fun i could see people yeah i think it, that. it looked interesting it looks like one that's would be fun with a lot of friends yeah so. totally um but yeah it was free on ps plus so might as well yeah, go grab it um this one was mean because the square edix logo popped up and i feel like everybody collectively went oh here comes final fantasy um but no, instead we nope. got Star Ocean the Divine Force coming in 2022 um, looking like a Xenoblade game. <laughs> See, it was weird because like 
I'm sure a lot of people did that where the Square Enix logo came up and they're like, oh, it's it's Final Fantasy because they have, you know, a bunch of Final Fantasy games coming out on PlayStation. Every time I see the Square Enix logo, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. Like, <laughs> I feel like they have so much just weird garbage that they could throw out there, um, as evidenced by the fact that they just threw out Star Ocean, the Divine Force. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so having no expectations for what this could be, uh, it looks it looks pretty cool i like its aesthetic it's very much looks like a xenoblade chronicles game and when we say xenoblade um, like it really does like like it has that it looks same, a lot like a xenoblade game like you look out at the world and it's it looks massive and the scales there and like like that's cool at all but also with the characters start moving around I'm like oh yeah this looks janky like those games look like um and you know that's not to not to crap on them but they they kind of have that like weird jank to them you know what i mean mm-hmm. that this game yeah, definitely so- shares but I don't know. There's something about it that like kind of clicked with me. So if this gets ends up getting good reviews or like good fan reaction, that it's pretty accessible. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah, sure. Um, it definitely looks like it has less UI barf at least in this trailer. <laughs> Xenoblade. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah, that's cool. And Star Ocean. I know that's a series that's been going for a long time. So you know, I'm sure some people are pretty excited for that. Um, and kind of their headliner here, Little Devil Inside got a new trailer. Um, it showcased the game's overworld. We didn't really, they didn't really indicate when that'll be out um, still. But yeah, I think this game still looks neat. Um, I will say the overworld, I, I don't love it <laughs> the way it looks. Yeah, so there's something about this that just really did not click with me. Yeah, like the normal gameplay, like the action gameplay, like that still looks cool. Uh, it's the overworld, like the overworld has this like, kind of cute like toy aesthetic but like like, these miniatures it clashes with the normal gameplay to me like they both look good on their own it's just putting them together looks odd and i'm not sure how to feel and it looks like it's really trying to merge like this like a visual novel but then having these like action sequences and I, i couldn't really get a grasp on it yeah definitely a strange one um still kind of looking forward to it it didn't it didn't like turn me off to the game at all but like just kind of odd um yeah that was that state of play it was fine <laughs> um, it had bug snacks it had bug snacks it had death store um i feel like everybody made the same joke about it it could have been an email <laughs> i agree um <laughs> it needed a death loop trailer honestly <laughs> yeah it did the uh, game's already out but you could put a death loop trailer in there why not Part of me was like, oh, they're definitely going to do a DLC, aren't they? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Uh, but but we get a little we get a little sweet with our sour in terms of the showcases because we had a showcase for Thunderful World. Um, Thunderful World, Thunderful is a publisher, which I actually did not know about. These are the, it's the developers of the SteamWorld games, but then they also started a publishing label, I think is how that goes. Um, yeah, it sounds right. So yeah, Steamroll Digs, Steamroll Heist, all that good stuff. Um, Steamroll Dig Two, by the way, I I think that is underrated in terms of like a fantastic video game. Uh, um, yeah, I was talking about uh, Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow being like up there as to- top Metroidvanias. Steamroll Dig Two is right up there as well. It's yeah, a great Metroidvania, phenomenal, and I feel like people forget about it, including me. Like this made me go, oh yeah, Steamroll Dig Two. 
They give rules. Uh, but also, if we're not too late on this, it might still just be free. I think we're <laughs> everywhere too late. on Steam or GOG. It was free right after the presentation, yeah. so if you knew about this, you might have snagged it. Um, but yeah, that's a fantastic game. Yeah, so Thunderful World. Uh, it was presented by Mark Hamill. <laughs> sure fine um, and to He's comment fun. on the overall presentation i thought this was a fantastic presentation um it was fun it was funny it was quick in and out like nothing lingered too long uh you know i gotta give this credit i think it's right up there with like you know some of those 3d platformer ones we watched and like the devolver one and that really good nintendo direct from e3 um and that last like playstation one that wasn't the one we just talked about like it's up there with some of the best ones in my opinion i i had a great time watching this yeah, no, at no point was I bored, and all of the games looked were shown off really well, and yeah, it was a fun presentation. It got chuckles out of me. These things don't make me laugh. I, I enjoyed Mark Hamill a lot in this. Oh, he's fun. It was, it was goofy, and, and it was a good time. Uh, but to talk about the announcements, we got uh, Wavetail. This is uh, coming off hot off the heels of Lost Random from the same developer, which is kind of wild. Um it is out now on Stadia, and it's coming to PC and consoles in 2022. Um, it is a really neat-looking 3D action-adventure game. Um, it kind of looks like... Do you remember that um, Sea of Solitude game that EA published a while ago? Yeah. It kind of yeah, looked yeah. like a more action-y version of that, um, visually. This, this looked really dope. Yeah, the trailers were kind of giving me the same vibe that the Solar Ash trailer gives me. Totally. Like, it kind of has, like... Like, it does kind of have those, like, Sonic the Hedgehog vibes that Solar Ash does in a weird way. Or just the movement feels yeah, really, like, there's a, like, slick. There's yeah. a part where he's, like... Or where the character's, like, bouncing on spring pads up a tower that looks so Sonic. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, it's very cool looking. Um, boy, was it weird to see the Stadio logo. <laughs> Uh, and it, like chance stadia I don't, it's weird i don't like it yeah it this feels like one of those lingering like they paid for this forever ago and it just wasn't done because <laughs> like stadia is basically dead <laughs> so odd Yikes. thing um but yeah the game looks neat and you know i, I actually didn't look up to see if there's any reactions to the stadia version maybe people just don't care that much <laughs> but um yeah I'm, I'm really curious about this one uh, all like six people still on stadia oh, man yeah, what a bummer. Remember when they hired um, Jade Raven and fucking... <laughs> what's her name? Um, Amy, whatever, from Uncharted, who haven't made games in forever, and then they still didn't make games over there because they suck. <laughs> Stadia sucks. Uh, I don't remember that, so Amy it shows how forgettable it was. Oh, I forgot to put this in, too. Amy Hennig's working on a Marvel game. That's exciting for me. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> um okay <laughs> next game sorry uh next game planet of lada this was one of those like jeff Keighley shows they showed it's a really pretty looking 2d platformer um you know coming to xbox series series and pc i think it might be a game pass game actually too um yeah uh it's also coming to xbox one uh very much looks like a limbo type game yeah it's really gorgeous it's like a limbo game but with lots of color <laughs> <laughs> rather than black and white yeah um industria um this is a game i put the demo for a while ago um it's out How was it it was cool um the demo it, it was a little it was early enough to where they didn't have controller support which is 
a little hard for me but yeah it was it was really neat um it's out now on pc and it's got good reactions um yeah this is a sci-fi first person shooter um it's out now on pc like you said there's uh it's also coming next year to ps5 and the xbox series consoles yep it's also like developers self-described it as inspired by half-life um it definitely looks like that um all right very cool looking though Um, i'm into it yeah the, the demo was neat um we had Super Meat Boy Forever coming to mobile. I forgot that game exists. <laughs> yeah, that's like a weird endless runner, right? Yeah. Um, so it coming to mobile is makes not sense. a bad fit. Feels like it probably should have been there first. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but cool. Curse of Golf. This looks cool. Um, yeah, it's a golf game, but 2D and really cool. Yeah, it's a roguelike um a bunch of different biomes it looks looks like looks really interesting um i love the character art drawn for that game oh man uh this is like a aged through blood yep this is the one where you're on a motorcycle oh right you also have a gun this is like the post-apocalyptic trials yeah um very yeah this one looks neat um we got another... Yeah, these next couple were in a montage together where it's just like rapid fire. Yeah, so. we got a little bit more of Hellpie, which we've seen before at one of the 3D platformer directs. At Hub World, I believe, yeah. Yeah, um, looking real good. Um, this game looks like a lost rare game from the N64. <laughs> Not in terms of visual style, but just in terms of like attitude. Tone. Yeah, yeah which I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Um, Fire Girl, which looks really cool. Yeah. Um, it's a roguelike platformer, but you're playing as a firefighter. <laughs> Looks really neat. Um, Crowns and Pawns, which is a point-and-click adventure game. Um, Looks very much like a point-and-click adventure game. Yeah, that that one, it didn't really have a visual hook, so that one might, might need another trailer or two. <laughs> uh, yeah, or just really good word of mouth, I feel like, is going to help that game. Swordship. This is a bullet hell game. I this is another one, much like the last one. Where I'm like, uh, this is gonna have to be. It's gonna get a little more advertising. Um, this one seems cool. I just don't know how much I would spend on it because it looks pretty simple, but it looks yeah. fun. Uh, Tinker Town. Uh, it's a two D like top down RPG thing. Looks like a bit of survival game in there. Um, Cool. Yeah, it very much looked like a a pixel art, more RPG focused. Uh, Don't starve. Like that's kind of the vibe I got. Yeah. Um, we have Source of Madness, which is a procedural two D roguelike. Had a cool art style. Yeah, this one's cool because all the monsters are also procedurally generated. Um, oh, I didn't realize so that. The, yeah, so the combat's going to change up based off of just like machine learning. That's interesting. Um. Uh, another game I played a demo for and talked about on here a while ago, White Shadows. Um, yeah, I missed the demo for this, so how is it? It's awesome. Um, it looks really cool. Yeah, very much in the vein of, speaking of Limbo, and you wrote down here Little Nightmares Ask. Yeah, totally is that like style of kind of heavy platformer, um, but focused on sort of more creepy ambient horror stuff. Um, all black and, and puzzle white. puzzle solving, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, coming to Xbox Series, basically coming to everything here, PS5, PC, I guess no Switch. Um, but yeah, December 7th, which is soon. Um, yeah, that's that caught me off guard. Is It's very soon. <laughs> yeah, the demo was neat, so I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, is it Toggles? Toggles? Um, Togs? Togs? Um, T-O-G-G-E-S? This is like a weird platformer where you... You're like a little like Roomba thing and you're laying down boxes as you go, I guess. Yeah, you leave like a trail of cubes. And you can use those to stack up and get height. Um, it reminds me of... like There was that weird 2D... Like it was an early Switch game where you play as a chicken who lays bombs. Do you remember that? I don't. It reminded me a little bit of like Box Boy, but that's not the same thing. No. Yeah, it, but it, it looks like a weird and interesting mechanic at least. Um, I don't know this one. This one's strange. It's, it's intriguing. This is another one I'm gonna need a little more selling on, but I, I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, and we saw something at um, Hub World for this one as well, yes. but I couldn't grasp it. I feel like this um, was a little out next more year. clear. <laughs> yeah, it's out next year on PC. Um, they're kind of big headliner here. The Gunk. The Gunk. This is one we saw at an Xbox showcase and. That was yeah. it. So this is very exciting. Um, coming to Xbox consoles and PC December 16th. Also coming to Game Pass. Hell yeah. So excited for this one. Um, I'm glad it's on PC because it looks very cool. It looks like a sort of more open action, like adventure Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. Um, this trailer was a little more serious than I was expecting, actually. Um, yeah, I had the voice actor just talking over it, like saying how much he enjoyed playing the role and how the character dynamics are going to be like serious and stuff. So yeah, I just think based on the art style, it'd be a little more goofy, but it seems like it's going to dig into some more personal stuff, which cool. I'm interested. So um, very cool. Uh, and then of course our last announcement: Steamworld Headhunter, new Steamworld game. Um, this was just a CG trailer they didn't really give any details at all um it's 3d animated so i guess we can assume it's a 3d game <laughs> probably i believe so i i thought i remember seeing somewhere that it was like a third person adventure game but i can't remember where i saw that yeah at least it wasn't in the presentation no it wasn't um but exciting you know it's, i i love steamroll deck 2 and so i'm i'm totally down for whatever that team does um so yeah there's a lot of steamworld games though so oh, yeah the steamworld series is very varied um was the last one like yeah, a card-based like rpg or something the first one was a tower defense game and then there was dig one and then heist and then like dig two like it's like a side-scrolling XCOM. yeah and then dig two and then quest which is the like rpg yeah and then now this one i guess i mean it's cool this seems like a series they built to allow them to stretch their legs and do whatever they want so like that's that's neat um definitely an interesting and they said i think they did say that this one follows after the plot of steamworld dig 2 which i thought heist did but i've never played heist yeah i've never Um, but this this follows directly after steamworld dig 2 i I could not tell you what that means (laughs) Um, you know dig two where shit exploded sure i remember that (laughs) Uh uh-huh totally yep um and that is it for the news
Also, how many identical tomes did uh, Mark Hamill have? I believe it was three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why did he have those? Uh, I don't know. It's very funny. The, the one that got me when he was like, if you leave something in my house, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> okay, Mark Hamill. Goofy. Um, I believe that guy, the the um, the guy, and I may be speaking out of turn here, so don't you know, double check this if you really want to know. But the, the Thunderful guy... Um, in, in in here, like the leader, um, yeah, in the airport and stuff. I think he he was at Factor Five, and they made those Star Wars GameCube um, shooters, the Rogue, you know, Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron games. games. I believe that's that's where that comes from. Okay, which is cool. If I'm right, if I'm wrong, ignore it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Um, again, the next episode should be evil within two fingers crossed if we're not ready we'll have another one of these for you but i, I assume we'll, we'll should be able to get it ready um by next saturday uh so please check that out um if you're curious about it and if you'd like to follow us and you know keep up with updates you can follow us at safe station pod on twitter connor where can the people find you uh you can find find me at connor for ssr uh, I'm still playing a lot of Death Stranding, so that's what it's been mostly, is Death Stranding screenshots. Uh, where can they find you, Dustin? You can find me at Dustin H. Dragon on Twitter. Um, yep. Once again, thank you for listening, and please, always remember to be good to one another. <laughs>